0: There's joy in every journey presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings. There's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Yesterday, the Minnesota twins did a combination press conference slash celebration of Tony Oliva and Jim Cott going into the hall of fame. And it was a smashing success. And it was a wonderful get away from the real world for a minute to just, uh, celebrate something and relax. And, uh, and see it. Dave uh, uh, St. Peter and, uh, and the crew over there, the Twins, did a wonderful job. Dick Bramer helped him see it, and he did a wonderful job, and he joins us now to talk baseball, Hall of Fame, and much more. Dick, good, uh, good evening, uh, and that was a great, uh, that was just a great thing yesterday, wasn't
2: it? It sure was, and it was such a, a delight for me to be a part of it, uh, only because uh, of the two guys going in. You know, the subjects of it all, The uh, Tony and Jim have meant so much, not just to the Twins organization, but the baseball in general. And and, and it really was one of the most joyous days, I think, in, in Twins history to see these two icons finally get what uh, they deserve to have happen a long, long time ago.
1: Dick, before I go, I want to expand on that a little bit. But I was thinking about you've worked with um, a ton of Hall of famer all the Twins Hall of Famers, in essence, that that uh, uh, as color commentators at one time or another. Um, have sat up there in the booth with you, uh, except maybe the late Kirby Puckett. And, and, you know, I sat and watched a game one night with Kirby, and I was amazed at his insight at what he predicted would happen and did happen and all those things. I know that he didn't have, you know, great interest before he left us in broadcasting, but, but would he have been a good color analyst?
2: <laughs> I think he probably would have. I don't know that there was anything that he tried to do that he wasn't good at. And if he had uh, wanted to come to the booth, uh, I think it would, it certainly would have been a delight to work with him. He, he uh, excelled in pretty much everything that he did. And, you know, what you touched on is one of the things that made him great as a player is the fact that he, he paid attention to the game. And, and you wonder sometimes when you see the, you know, upper level players uh, in the game these days, whether they really pay attention, but, you know, in that era, the really great ones—you know, many of them did become really good uh, broadcast analysts because they paid attention to the subtleties of the game. Uh, maybe that's what we're missing in the game today—a little bit uh, the subtlety of the game. And, and you know, we're 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 so focused in today's game on strikeouts and home runs. Maybe some of the subtleties. Uh, uh, aren't as dominant in the game as they used to be.
1: Yeah, and I thought about that when I saw Tom Kelly yesterday. I mean, he re- redefined subtleties in the game when he sat with you in the booth. He, the same way that he managed, you, we didn't realize what game he was watching until he was in the booth next to you. Were you amazed by that?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think you know too, um, dealing with the media wasn't uh, Tom's uh, favorite part of the day. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and so, uh and I, you know, we had a half-hour pregame show uh we still do, but a big part of it was uh, the 5 minutes I spent with Tom Kelly before every game and and it 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 was uh not well, how can I put this? Uh, it wasn't the best part of his day. And I don't think I just was scared to death because I, you know, it it didn't go well. It it wasn't something that I think he particularly enjoyed. So when they said, okay, he's going to be in the booth, I thought, well, now how are we going to do this for three hours? Yeah. But he was, he was outstanding, you know, and and the story I've told so many times, you know, when he was in the booth for the first game, uh, we were, you know, just getting started here in the first inning. and, And he said, well, you know, he's won four to home plate or whatever the number was. And he says, you know, we should be able to steal on this guy. And I looked over and he had a stopwatch with him. <laughs> well, I, you know, what a great thing for an analyst to have yeah. because, you know, he was already from a manager standpoint. Now as a broadcaster, he was looking at the game from that vantage point. And he was just a delight to work with. And, and I know having, you know, uh, talked with, uh, you know, um, our viewers from, uh, who watched him. They really, really enjoyed his work in the booth.
1: You know, and, and Jim Cott, did obviously you've worked with him uh, you know over the last 30 years, uh, off and on, different times, uh, uh, going way back to when the Twins won it um, 30 years ago, and, and Kitty had kind of come onto the scene, late 80s, early 90s, right around there. And, and again, details of the game. Now, Jim Cott is, um, by his own admission, about as old school as they get, and and you, <laughs> you pitch on every fourth day and all those things. Some people would say that that puts him in conflict with Major League Baseball today or even the Minnesota Twins, the analytics part of it. I find that to be healthy and invigorating, meaning I, I think that's the fun part about baseball is, is that he believes one thing and maybe somebody else believes something else. And, and we can – that's 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 what gets me charged up about the game is, is that kind of a debate and that spirited kind of debate. What do you find from Kitty's thoughts in, in terms of an old schooler and, and – and, and, when you're working with him, how do you try to incorporate that and sell it without, you know, without saying, "Well, we, we we're just going to cast analytics aside or whatever it is"?
2: Yeah, well, for one thing, you know, he, he's he's uh, supremely qualified to talk about yes. pitching certainly hitting. He was a really good yes he pitcher. was, and he referenced it the other day the injuries that he had as a player in 25 years. Were base running injuries; they weren't pitching related. So, I mean, he was an athlete who who happened to be a pitcher, and he excelled with his sixteen gold gloves. He was a great fielder, and, and all of that. So, it, he had so many qualifications uh, to be a good broadcaster, and he's certainly uh, become that. I, I think what you know what what Jim represents, and it wasn't that long ago where the game was still played at a certain by certain standards and we all know the game has changed uh some would say for the better but in in as you if you step back and look back at major league baseball for 150 150 years it's always been evolving you know it's not the same game now as it was 20 years ago nor was it when Jim played in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, was it the same game that Babe Ruth played in the 20s and the 30s. So, I mean, that's one of the beauties of the game. It it evolves, and if we pay close enough attention here, in the next 5, 10 years, we'll see it evolve again, and it's anybody's guess as to what direction.
1: You know, uh, uh, this is a little bit different than that, but it's it's along the same lines of of evolving. You know, when you talk about who goes into the Hall of Fame, um, to me... Uh, either you can go in as a, as a player or a broadcaster. Well, why can't you go in as, as an overall, meaning Jim Cott, you know, at an earlier age, she would have gone in, for example, if you just said 25 years, 625 starts, 283 wins, all those things, and – He's moved the game of baseball along because he's been this great analyst and color commentator that, that has taken our great game, helped take it to a new level, and sell the game that we want it sold. Why can't, why can't it all go into one melting pot in terms of overall contribution to baseball when they decide on a Hall of Famer?
2: Well, and that's one of the beauties of what happened uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, as you know, Mike, you know, Jim and I worked some games again this year, and and uh, we had a, you know, I was lucky enough to have a couple of lunches and dinners with him, and that was one of the topics we had one night. I I, I said, you know, you've got the 283 wins, and, and you won 25 games in 1966, and people forget, you know, back then uh, there was just one Cy Young Award for both leagues. Sandy Koufax won it, but if, if they had it split, uh, as they do now, Jim Kyle would have won his Cy Young in 1966. But sure. anyway, the, the, what I uh, asked Jim, and, and he admitted it was a bit of a concern, he has the qualifications to go into the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. Would that somehow uh, detract sure. his or, or, or minimize his chances of going in as a player? Well, now he's in as a player, and it's just a matter of time in my mind, before he'll be uh, getting the Ford Frick Award uh, for excellence and, and Hall of Fame uh, induction as a broadcaster, and, and you know how many people could can do that? I mean, the, his baseball career is has been so extraordinary on two different levels, and and you know what what was so great about what happened the other day is his primary focus has been his playing career, uh, and he's in there. And again, it's to me just a matter of time before he'll go in as a broadcaster as well.
1: Now, to me, the takeaway or the highlight of it to me was, and I guess I had never talked to Tony Oliva about this. You probably have. Uh, But when he, with his broken English and everything else, when he said, uh, yeah, I appreciate the Hall of Fame, but, I, you know, I don't need that to have had a Hall of Fame life. And, and 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 then to really think about what he was talking about, growing up in a small town or village in Cuba, and now there's a statue of him outside Target Field and all that's happened to him and his family. And and to me that was that was almost moving to tears. It was it was his great appreciation for his life with or without the Hall
2: of Fame. And but you know, within that when I when I sat there and listened to that and and I and I'm with you. Uh, you know, I it, I started getting emotional thinking about, you know, his his love affair that he has for this region. And the region, of course, has it for him. But I think within that was his consolation all those years when he felt he should have been, uh, you know, uh, sure. inducted, elected into the Hall of Fame and, and the disappointments year after year. I think that in all honesty that's how he consoled himself that i've still got it pretty good i'm living where i want to live i've got a great family and all of that but the fact of the matter is now and and you know we will forget you know 20 years from now people won't remember the long journey and the disappointment that came along the way for both these guys yep. they'll just be you know referred to as hall of famers we tend to forget Harmon Killebrew did not go in on his first ballot. He, he got in on his fourth ballot. Yep. But once you get in, you live in the same case. Once you get in, all that matters is you're a Hall of Famer. I have had a chance before the a news conference, whatever you want to call it, uh, that we had uh, uh, yesterday at, at Target Field. Had a chance to talk with Jim. Now, he grew up in Michigan, right? Yeah, and and I mentioned a name to him, and and it kind of resonated with him. I think Hal Newhouser, who was a great pitcher uh, in the 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 World War II era, uh, MVP a couple years, just a tremendous four or five time twenty game winner. He had to wait nearly as long as Jim did to get into the Hall of Fame. A left handed pitcher, pitched for the Tigers. Jim grew up watching Hal Newhouser at. In his prime or very shortly after his prime. And and so now here's Jim, who had to wait a long, long time, too. But all we remember about Hal Newhouser is the fact that he's a Hall of Famer. We don't think anymore, at least I don't, that it took him 45 years after his yeah. career was over with to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, Paul Cross, same thing on the NFL side, I remember. You know, yeah, yeah. same interview. thing there. Okay, so while I'm sitting there yesterday... And uh, there's somebody taking pictures next to me. I'm not paying that close attention because we all got masks on. And I realized it's Derek Falvey, and, and, and so we started to talk. He just wanted to get some pictures for posterity for himself because it was such a monumental twins moment. And, 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 you know, if there's one good thing that came out of COVID, we know how to use Zoom now. And you can bring Jim in and Rod Carew. I mean, it was something. You know, that you can do all that with cell phones. But we that got us talking, of course, about, you know, what are you doing to stay busy, Derek, these days? You know. He said two weeks, I haven't talked to an agent. They can't call me. You know, we, we still have things we can do, um, but, but we can't, you know, we can't talk to agents, we can't negotiate all those things. Uh baseball's locked out, of course. How concerned are you about the upcoming season?
2: Well, I, I I've gotta be an optimist and and, and uh believe that, that we will have a full season. It doesn't mean that there's not gonna be saber-rattling, posturing, all of that that we've already you know, heard and seen. Um, worst-case scenario for me, because I hate to think of it being any worse than this, uh, we'll have a truncated, shortened spring training. Hey, unfortunately, we've had those, right, oh. uh, for other reasons. Uh, the worst-case scenario to me, I hope, is a, a three-, four-week spring training. We'll get the season started close to um, on time and it will be a full season. Um, you know, fans of any age at all can, can remember Jack Morris says, Hey, I've gone through this six times, right. Where there's, there've been, you know, labor shortages or labor, strife and, and uh, shortened seasons and abbreviated and aborted seasons and all that. Um, I, I got to believe as much money as there is in the game that, that as, Acrimonious as things might get uh, and have already gotten, that common sense will will you know lead the way eventually, and they'll find a way to have a, a full season. at least that's my hope.
1: boy, I, I should hope. so last question for you, you know this last season, fans were allowed back eventually. Did it feel the same to you at Target Field as it did in 2019 before the COVID season? Did it feel somewhere in between? What did 2021 feel like to you?
2: well you know you talked about it earlier regarding zooms and how we've adapted and all that well the one thing that that uh, of course we did not have in 2020 that we had last year uh and we took it for granted all those years right why wouldn't we but we had fans in the ballpark we didn't have canned applause we didn't have cardboard cutouts and it wasn't ideal and it wasn't the way that was in 2019 but you know this game all the games whether it's you know, basketball, football, hockey, whatever. You know, they're they're being played for the fans, and and last year, as disappointing as it was for the Twins on the field, it was so much more of a real experience than than the Twins winning the division in 2020 with no fans in attendance, being limited to listening to the games on the radio, watching to the uh, the games on TV. Uh, it was so much better last year, even though the season was a you know colossal disappointment for Twins fans. Uh, that was better than than winning, uh, having a winning season the year before. And we hope, of course, that in 2022, a the team will be better, but then b uh, that you know fans will you know be freer and more open to be able to get to the ballpark. It's you know it it's a game is best when fans are in their seats uh, as a broadcaster, you feel it, you sense it. uh, And let's hope that we can get there and, 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 you know, have a a fuller, a full season uh, with a full target field as well in 2022.
1: Last, last question. I promise this time, this is my extra credit question. Uh, Did you get comfortable broadcasting games on the road from target field? Or is that one of those things you never want to repeat again? Or do you see a place where there's a hybrid there? What, what is that?
2: No, I, I never felt comfortable. I, I, I think that uh, uh, writers, broadcasters, their job is to cover the team, and uh, it's impossible, really, to do it well. I think uh, I, I know that the reaction from some viewers was that they they couldn't tell. That's a testament to uh, the uh, the professionalism in the industry, and I'm not talking about the broadcasters. Uh, only I'm talking about the camera people, the tape people, the people in the truck, and all that. And I and I said this, uh, you know, a couple months ago. 45 years in broadcasting, and there's nothing I'm prouder of than to, than to have done uh, what we have done as an industry. I'm not talking about me individually, but what we've done as an industry over the last two baseball seasons to give the game to the fans. And and it's uh, you know, let's hope that we're in a, at a position. Uh, come April, March, I guess, uh, when the season starts, that uh, we'll be traveling with the teams again. That's the only way to do the, the job well. And and uh, the fans, I think, given everything they've had to go through, they deserve that. And, and I'm encouraged that we'll be back on, on the road again, uh, following uh, the teams uh, and doing road games from the road rather than at home.
1: Always great to visit with you, Dick. Appreciate it very much. I hope we can do it again in the off season because it's just, yeah, you, you, you breathe that optimism into all of us. And, and, and it's just fun to talk some baseball with you.
2: All right. We got ice on the lakes now and uh, hopefully it won't be too long. (laughs) We'll have ice off the lakes and uh, baseball will be starting again.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Dick. Have a good (laughs) night. Stay warm. All right. You too, Maxie. You bet. Dick Bramer.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,